We'll be covering 1,500 years of Irish history in today's podcast. So go ahead and grab yourself a cup of tea, maybe a few biscuits, and let's head to Northern Ireland. Episode of the Traveling in Ireland podcast. Today we are moving into Northern Ireland and the city of Derry with Glenn Doherty. And I, I know that I put in a hard K on that, like we Americans do. Um, here in the Midwest where I live, we would pronounce your last name Doherty. But Glenn is the owner and guide of Derry Guided Tours. So, Glenn, thank you for joining me today. Not at all. It was a pleasure. Thank you, Judy. Now, the city of Derry has kind of a special place in Ireland because it is the only city on the entire island that is still completely surrounded by its city wall. That's true. Yeah, that's very true. There has been quite a few cities in, in Ireland over the years. Um, there have been walls, but Ireland remains the only one that, that's still fully walled. And and it's not, it's not a, a little wall. This is... Uh, you know, a nice big wide wall. It it seems like you could you know drive a Mini Cooper up those steps and and clear <laughs> around if you wanted to. You could. They're actually the the they would have what they call um. There's bikers. Okay. I know the bikes. There are lots of Ireland cars, but they do ride three and four deep, and they do it for charity. They have like a like a tea, <laughs> like a tea party as they call it. But these big hairy bikers and they come up all those city walls and they drive around. Oh wow! So that's how wide it actually is. But the design, as I said, was essentially um, for security. If we go back to the 1600s, to basically move about, move cannon from one place to another. Now you've been there mm-hmm. and you've seen the size of some of the cannons, mm-hmm. uh, and these are coming back up and down, maybe passing each other on the way down. So that's the, the reason for the width. Definitely, okay. definitely significant pieces of metal. but um dairy guided tours is um it's not a terribly you know old offering and and that that's poorly worded but it's um it's something that you've only started in the last few years can you tell me how you came about that oh yeah i came about as i said it's a wee bit of a long story but (laughs) Uh, being Irish, I'll cut it short. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, uh, as I said, I was doing a Irish history and politics degree in McGee University, Ulster University, mm-hmm. McGee here in Derry. Uh, and a friend of mine has actually mentioned that he was doing what he called an, a, an outreach, a unionist, i.e. Protestant outreach mm-hmm. program, okay. which essentially means that he, he um, would go into the Protestant community and, and train them up as tour guides. He he would be called a blue badge guide, which is the highest accolade that you can actually get. Okay. And so he was training he was training these people up, and I actually uh, mentioned that I thought I wouldn't mind trying, or I wouldn't. I'm only coming in the degree. Well, what else are we doing? Have <laughs> 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 plenty of time in my hand. And he said, "Well, come along, come along, and um, come into the what they call the the um, the Fountain Estate. If you remember when we were there, okay. the Fountain." Mm-hmm. Uh, and that is a traditionally Unionist, Protestant, Presbyterian area. 
So he asked me to come along, and it was a program to train you up as a guide. And at the end of it, I think I was only mm, Catholic in the room. <laughs> um, not, that it, 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 <laughs> not that it means nothing to me, I'm not religious at all, but that's how I came about to be trained up as a tour guide, uh, firstly. And then, of course, helping along there would be your Irish history degree. Mm-hmm. So once, once I've done that, I sort of got out working with a different sort of community group who were doing sort of tours, political, more than, more than historical. Okay. Um, and then, as we went further, I joined up with another person, and we started off a company. Um, that story is short. It, it didn't work out for both of us, so I ended up walking away from quite a successful company it is now, mm-hmm. um, and setting up on my own. Okay. And I set up on my own in 2015, I think. Don't quote me on that one, I think it's 2015. Uh, and I set out on my own to, to offer... Something similar, but maybe a wee bit different as well. It's totally a sort of historical mm-hmm. tour. What's a bit of a laugh and a bit of, as I say here, a bit of crack in between. <laughs> so that's how I uh, dipped my toe into the waters of, of being a tour guide. Uh, and the history sort of comes from, well, here, you know, politics and history blend in quite, quite well. Right. So if you're interested in one, you generally get a, an interest in the other. So I end up sort of being interested in politics. And then moved on to more history, or historical, mm-hmm. sort of, once you find out wee bits and pieces, you just sort of get the taste for it, and you keep going. And Derry being one of the most historical cities, I'm not biased, by the way, uh, <laughs> one of the most historical <laughs> historical cities in Ireland. I mean, you literally can't throw a stone in Derry without hitting something historical, you know, you just, you just mm-hmm. can't miss it. Right. Now, I know that um, one of the things that, that maybe concerned me a little bit at first, and and we discussed this before we did our tour, was that the political side might be a little beyond what my children would be able to really understand and embrace. And you you took, you know, the history and the political, and you very nicely wove it together in a way that, you know, that made it manageable for my children, but you didn't really... Um, block the actual history from them, um, the the political strife, maybe you would say. Um, but you you gave it to them in a manageable bit, and and I have to say I appreciated that a lot, um, knowing knowing that there was a lot of you know more recent happenings that that really could have left them worried, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've done this quite a few times when you have from sort of recognising children from a certain age onwards who, who would recognise um, what's going on. Maybe they might not have a depth, but if, if you, if you, that's how I try and treat all of my tours or, tour or people who come here. They really don't know the history, and that's the way they have to take it from. If I go to a different country, I'm not going to know the history of whatever city I go into, mm-hmm. or, or, and that's the way I try and, I don't treat people as children, I don't mean that, <laughs> but you sort of, you, you try and pull it back where you were, and you're looking going, well, if, if I was going here, how would I try and understand the history, and especially mm-hmm. the political history that, that, that's happened. Right. Now, I don't hold back too much, but I try, you understand that they're, they're, they're 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 years old, and they have to sort of, you don't want to scare people. That's that's just to be blunt about it. Mm-hmm. You don't want to scare people of what has happened. 
but at the same time, you just don't really want to go that too far. As long as you sort of get the the gist mm-hmm. of what's happening without picking the sting out of it, does that make sense? It does. It does. <laughs> and you just have to try and know when you've gone far enough. You, you sort of tell the people. You try and read them. Mm-hmm. They're understanding. They, they sort of got what's going on without actually going into the, the nitty gritty detail. Although mm-hmm. you do get a wee bit of detail. Right. And what, as well. You and, just sort of, yeah. And and you were very good at at you know when the girls did want you know more information you were very good at you know taking it further for them but not past where it seemed that they were comfortable in in going to in that yeah and that that's that's to say if if the question does come out um, what happened to mm-hmm. to this person on the wall or and you give them that information and you want more. <laughs> right, and then you're just sort of reading what's going on. Sometimes it's just a, it's just as handy to tell them the exact exactly what mm-hmm. happened, because if they're 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 eager enough and they're understanding what's happening, if you get a sort of political grip on the situation that we're talking mm-hmm. about, then you just sort of go on, well, right? Give them a wee bit more and, and see how the reaction goes in that type of way. Right. If they react okay, then you just give them a wee bit more again, right? Without even going full blooded on it, you know. And and speaking of the walls, you are off of the Dairy City walls, and you're actually down into what is known as the Bog Side, the um, yeah. which has its own very distinct history that that isn't that old. You're coming up in the more sort of modern, um, in, in terms of history, more modern. If you're 15, this is a million years ago, mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. but you're you're talking about the 1920s, 19. Basically, the 1960s of civil rights right. period, and that's what the bogside uh, is synonymous with. Now, when you mention the bogside, this has happened to me quite a few times. People take that it's a, a derogatory term. I'm not sure in the States how you see the, what you would call a bog. Um, it's not a term that's used a lot in the United States, I'll, I'll just say. Bog. Some people would, would do take it that it's referring to a, a bathroom or a toilet. Oh, okay. Wow. <laughs> and that's the way sometimes they've already called the bog side. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess the bog side because the city of Derry was once uh, an island. Mm-hmm. Now, the walled city, yeah, the old town, the old city was once an island, and the, the bog side was part of the river foil. And that, when it dried up, that salted over, became a bog or became a marsh. Mm-hmm. And that's where it gets its name, but it is synonymous with um, the more recent um, civil rights period from the 1960s. Right. So, so um, the history of Derry, when you do your tours, um, yeah. really, I mean, it covers hundreds of years in in a relatively it's short covered. time. Do you want to um, talk a little bit about about the tour that you know your tours that you offer? Well, the the tours. Especially the, the tour that you, you had covers about 1,500 years, give or take a few. <laughs> <laughs> but basically, if you, if you do recall, it starts off with, with, with St. Colin Kill, mm-hmm. and that's in or around the year 546. And I always tell people that's not the time, that is a year, mm-hmm. 546. And we basically stretch that uh, 546, and it brings you right up into the 1990s. Um, do you want to put a detail on the tour or what we sort of cover? Well, to begin the tour, we would we would start off on the, the actual city walls themselves uh, in the city centre. Now, the city of Derry is not a huge city, as you pro- as you well know. Um, 
although it is a, a 90 minute maybe up to two hours walk, there's not two hours walk in it. Do you understand? <laughs> <laughs> you do understand because you were there. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a hike under the hills or anything. You know, you don't really go too far. Um, but the history that we cover is, as I say, it's about 1,500 years. It starts mm-hmm. off with St. Colin Kill. Um, St. Colin Kill is responsible for bringing Christianity into Britain and Europe. Mm-hmm. That's how big of a player that he, has, that he, that he was. Uh, and then it picks you up, basically you're covering the city walls, where they came from, um, okay. and the year, the cost, and the, and the type, and why they were built. Of course, the plantation of Ulster is the reason. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot. The plantation of Ulster is directly connected with the political conflict in, in the 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s. So mm-hmm. it just sort of brings you through the, the story. Uh, and it covers the, the, the strife that was from the siege of Derry in 1689. That's synonymous with the Unionist Protestant population. Mm-hmm. That also connects with the 1960s and 70s political strife that's going on here as well. So it's basically narrating the story, and the story has a, a, has a middle, or as a start, mm-hmm. a middle, uh, and an ending. And that's essentially where the story is taking you. So you're, you're, you're walking around the city walls for probably half of it. Mm-hmm. And you're covering more, probably three quarters of that. You can walk the whole way around, but you're covering away three quarters uh, of it with stops and, and starts along the way, explaining certain parts of the walls, why they look the way they look, what stones is actually on the walls and where some of the stones came from. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, of course, you have the fountain estate of the old water source, mm-hmm. for uh, the original water source for the city, um, why that's there, why the estate's there, why... Um, the people were living outside the walls, not inside, uh, and certain individuals were living outside the walls mm-hmm. uh, and not inside as well. So it does cover. Um, then it goes on to say the siege, which is basically a fight of two kings from England over Scotland <laughs> and the Ireland, <laughs> and that's right. um, we're coming up through the, the, the centuries literally. Right. And then when we step off the city walls, um, we've been down into the bogside, and that's covering then that sort of. 40, no, more than 40, about 70 year period mm-hmm. from the 1920s and basically 1921-22 is what they call the partition of Ireland. So up to that stage, this is one state. Mm-hmm. After 1922, then you have two states, one's a northern and mm-hmm. one's a southern. Uh, and this is where most, a lot of the problems begin right. uh, with the sort of religious, the religious discrimination against Native Irish who, who happen to be Catholic. Uh, so that's bringing us then on the sort of civil rights period. Mm-hmm. You hear I'm not giving very much away, but I'm just sort of <laughs> giving you the sort of blocks. Right. <laughs> the blocks that we're building the sort of story on. So the civil rights period do take up a good part of the tour itself. Uh, and the, the American connection, mm-hmm. there's quite a few connections even uh, during the, the siege. I think we covered this with the Derry Jail. I don't know right. if you remember that. Yes. Uh, we we cover the 1798 rebellion, which just ends up with um, an American, quite a few American mm-hmm. connections, and it's the same with the civil rights period um, as well. Uh, so if you recall the Free Dairy Wall, mm-hmm. Free Dairy Corner, um, and they uh, did they had they cover the American connection with that, and not a lot of people realise that actually that there is a big connection of the from the United States with the wall. Right. And what's on the wall itself, and then of course you, you, have, you have the Battle of the Bogside, right. Bloody Sunday, which comes on plays a massive part in, in the modern history of mm-hmm. the area, 
and then it comes right up into the the peace process uh, and that as well. Right. So without giving too much detail, that's the fifteen hundred years of history that, that that we cover on it. And and it's an amazing amount to actually um, take in. It it kind of is mind boggling as <laughs> as you walk through it. I mean, it it really is. And I, you know, I I receive a lot of questions from people because it it hasn't been that long that people have been traveling into Northern Ireland. I know that, you know, my first trip to Ireland, you couldn't take a rental car into Northern Ireland. Um, now, obviously, you can, you know, freely drive across yep. Ireland in your rental car. But I do receive a lot of questions from people asking, you know, is it safe now to go into Northern Ireland? Or, you know, is it safe yep. to go into Belfast? Is it safe to go into Derry? And yep. that, you know, the the... Bloody Sunday and the civil rights is still, you know, it's still in people's minds, even though the the peace process was, you know, for the most part successful. I I would say. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, it's still there. The the, the peace process, the word, the, the operative word there is process. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it is still sort of evolving. There is problems, political mm -hmm. um, problems for, for the vast majority. But if you're if you're talking about concerns of coming in. To like Belfast and Derry. Um, well, to be honest, I wouldn't go into Belfast. Really? I'm being biased. <laughs> <laughs> Come to Derry. Don't go to Belfast at all. Stay away from it. It's too violent. No, no, no. I mean, <laughs> swing by and I see the Titanic and get out. <laughs> I'm sure look at that. I ended up as well. Um, I always do that to Belfast. You know, anybody from Belfast, they always take the what they call take the hand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or get the boot on, as they say. But no, I mean, going to Belfast or Derry, you understand, you, you have to understand that when people seen Belfast or Derry on the news, all, all you've seen was a war. Right. And that's a political strife and political unrest. Um, so generally, when it flashed up on the news with in the States or Britain or Australia, wherever, mm -hmm. you just seen all the bad stuff that was happening. Right. So you didn't see all the good stuff. I mean... In 2013, uh, Derry was the um, city of culture. Right. And also in that 2013, which generally a lot of people didn't know, didn't know about, right. the city of culture. Uh, and also in 2013 as well, I'm not sure if you have, you might have attended a few, the Flacule, the yes. Flacule in yep. Ireland, which means, essentially means the, the, the music festival of mm -hmm. Ireland. Mm -hmm. It's the biggest um, traditional song, dance uh, an instrument playing the Irish festival in the world. Right. And it came to Derry in 2013. Um, how big of an attraction it is, Derry's population today is about 110-ish thousand. Mm -hmm. And over a week, there was over 500,000 people who came to Derry for the fly. Nice. <laughs> now, and if you're talking about people, people come from the States are worried mm -hmm. about coming to Belfast or, or Derry. I was talking to people who were coming from Kilkenny, and there was only a certain percentage of them came because the rest of them were still afraid to come up. So it's it's so, something to to be overcome yet. Yes, when these people were here, we were they were telling us, you know, I'm I'm going back to the you see the further down in Ireland, the further away if you you are, mm -hmm. the scarier it is, you know, that, that type of way. Right. So I don't know what it's like in the States, how <laughs> afraid these are to come. <laughs> but the further down in Ireland you go, the, the further away physically the people are, mm -hmm. the more afraid they were to come here. And this is 2013. Right. And a lot of people 
there going, oh, I'm going back to tell these people that this is one of the best flag tools that we've ever been to. Mm -hmm. It was actually it was the one of the most successful ever, oh, wow. and one of the best attended. And there were still people afraid, but to be afraid to, to come under dairy, I would be afraid they miss it. <laughs> and, and it is. It's a wonderful, a wonderful city. And definitely, it, if you're along the Causeway Coast, worth stopping. Yes, it, it definitely is, because and I, I don't mean this in a bad way to Belfast, but, but dairy people, and a lot of people mention this, they're so friendly. Mm -hmm. I mean, when you walk along the street, I don't know everyone in dairy. <laughs> Believe it or not, <laughs> it just feels like. But it. when you walk along the street, you will be acknowledged. Mm -hmm. Most times, you will be acknowledged. Um, how are you? Mm -hmm. You might know the person. You might have might not seen them before. Um, but people will nod their head or nod their head at you and say, "How are you?" Or there's a greeting here. I don't know if you if you came across this. Uh, the greeting is yes. Oh, well, I yes. see. Nice. No, uh, and essentially means that they've met you before and they recognise you or they know you. Okay. And it's just a great, it's, it's, it's yes, and it's yes, how are you doing? <laughs> I don't know where I came from, but that's that's the greeting we generally, if you say something, go, oh, yes. And that's, that's the greeting that you, you sort of recognize the person or you've met them before. Mm -hmm. Well, so, and, and the, but, the difference, I think, between Belfast and Derry is Belfast is, um, you know, and, and not to say this in a derogatory way, but Belfast is maybe a little more of an international city. Um, definitely larger, definitely more of a, a center of commerce, whereas yeah. Derry well, has. A, that's what. Go ahead. I was just going to say Derry has the feel of a large town. It is. We move people in Derry. If I was going into the town, and that's what we say, we're going under the town. Mm -hmm. We don't say under the city or called Derry City. You mm -hmm. call it a town, and that's the way we we still say it, and that's the feel. It's like a large village where people. Most people's connected. Most people, if you look, are actually bloodline. They're connected. Really. I mean, my name is my name is Doherty, as you put it, mm -hmm. <laughs> or Doherty or Doherty, as they say here. Um, and they're, uh, you may have seen that they're everywhere. The shops and they're mm -hmm. all Doherty names. But if you go back, I think it's four generations. Then we're connected. Wow. Every every <laughs> every person. Because essentially, what they had here in, in Ireland was the clans. Mm -hmm. That's, I know it can be a bad term in the States, but that's <laughs> our family clans. <laughs> our family clans that we're talking about. And what they would, did, would, would do before the sort of British came, <coughs> excuse me, is to intermarry mm -hmm. with different clans. So therefore, you're strengthening, say, in a shown, for example, where the Doherty clan were in charge uh, quite successfully up until 1600s mm -hmm. early. Um, but they would have undermined with the McLaughlins mm -hmm. and the Sweeney's and the O'Donnells. So that was one big band of families right across Donegal. So when anybody does come in, you have this huge family right. to try and tackle. You know, <laughs> and that's where your sort of and that's where your sort of your connections come from. You know what I mean? So a lot of families are. If we go back, my grandmother was uh, McLaughlin. Okay. <laughs> and uh, my grandfather was Quigley. So there are big clans in this area as well. So that's where you sort of get your mm -hmm. your clan connection from. Um, and so most people know one another to a certain degree. Or if you don't know someone, you'll know the relative. I mean, it's funny here. If if you met someone, girlfriend like my wife, mm -hmm. and you go to your to your what's now my in-laws or outlaws, the first question they ask is, is who's your mother and who's your grandmother? Who's your family? You. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the first with two questions 
my wife's mother knew who I was after two questions. Oh, funny. Very simply, what do you call your mother and what do you call your grandmother? Oh, right. Because <laughs> my wife's mother, my wife's mother was also at the hurry as well. <laughs> oh, wow. So that's how close they connect we are. <laughs> now, I'm, I'm going to stray a little bit to the political on this question yep. because Derry is the only place in Ireland, both the county and the city, that kind of has two names. So depending Dana, on yeah. who you are or where you are, you'll call it Derry or you'll call it London Derry. Am I right? Yes. That's right. And it kind of depends uh, on, you know, your your sympathies, you know, your royalist sympathies or your Irish sympathies. Am I am I getting that somewhat? Yeah, you're correct? on the you're you're on the right you're on the right track. Um basically the Derry's original name would have been Dyra. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Dyra means oak oak forest or oak wood. Mm-hmm. So the, the Dyra would have been specifically for the island of Dyra, not the walled part, the old mm-hmm. town. Uh, but it's now a county and a, and, a, and a city now as well. But Derry, D-E-R-R-Y, is the anglicisation, obviously, of the, of the term Derry. So when the city walls were built in 1613, they were built by the what they call the Honourable the Irish Society. Okay. And I probably mentioned, mentioned this on the tour. They're not honourable. <laughs> and they're not Irish. <laughs> it's an English It's a group of English businessmen who were strong-armed into financing the building of the city walls. So for the, for the English, this was the Wild West. This was uncharted territory, mm-hmm. literally uncharted territory. It wasn't mapped. This part of Ireland This part of Ireland is the last place to be mapped. Mm-hmm. Uh, they recognised that the English businessmen who, who financed the city, um, James II, or sorry, James I, um, put on the prefix of London because they were London businessmen. So he put the prefix on from to Derry, London Derry, and then he, by royal charter, changed the name in 1613. Uh, so that's where the sort of um, British side would call mm-hmm. it London Derry, if you want to put it that way, and the sort of native Irish still refer to as either Derry or Derry. Uh, but generally in the city of Derry, um, it is called Derry, no matter who or what you come from. Okay. It's generally called Derry, because London Derry is a longer term. It just doesn't really come as much. <laughs> Right, very true. Uh, but it's generally dairy. So when you go outside of the city, or people that's in the city and they call them London dairy, generally you know that they're outsiders. They're they're not from the city. Okay. But it is it can be sort of um, there is an argument over the name and who's responsible for changing it. Mm-hmm. Um, so there is the city council are in the process of of trying to change it back to dairy. Okay. But to actually find out who's responsible for it is the problem. <laughs> is it British? Is it British royalty, or is it the British government, or or, or Stormont government? Nobody seems to know. Oh wow! So that's the holdup, and that's one of the problems with changing it because it is Derry City Council. Uh huh. Um, but it is it's officially it's the City of London, Derry. That is a tangled web. <laughs> I'm not just skirting around the issue. <laughs> that's not going to be too much detail. Right. <laughs> Oh, gosh, but there is just so much, I mean, so much to learn, and you do such an amazing job of teaching it. But you do you do um, tours, if I'm not mistaken, that are actually outside of the city as well. Am I correct in that, or is that just something yeah, that you I are, think? You are. You're quite right. I would do I would do a number of tours, but generally the, the two most popular, and I'm still sort of tweaking these as well. Uh, one of them is the Giant's Causeway. Mm-hmm. 
Third, sort of Antoine Coast, there will be the Giants Causeway, um, Carrickery Bridge at Dunlis Castle. And then all the, the sights and sounds and the smells that you get along the Antoine Coast. Okay. Um, and that's that's one of them. That's, it's a whole day. It's about an eight-hour tour. Mm-hmm. And you've also got West Donegal, which is basically the highlands um, of Donegal. I'm not sure you were up there the last time you were here. Not the last time, no, but I've, sure. I've been through a bit. Not enough. Yeah, so, and that's West Donegal is where I holiday. Or okay. myself and my family would holiday in a place called Guidor. Uh, Guidor is the Giltok, or Irish-speaking mm-hmm. area. Uh, one of the few left um, in Ireland, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. But it is growing. So the West Donegal tour, as I say, is a whole sort of eight-hour drive. Um, well, it actually only takes you an hour to get there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, it actually only takes you five minutes to get to Donegal. <laughs> from from, <laughs> from there, the West the Donegal is, you, you can ride up and towards the, the west coast, mm-hmm. um, northwest coast uh, of Ireland. And that takes in the sort of the stunning scenery mm-hmm. um, of West Donegal. And it also takes you into sort of the, the heart of where you can hear people actually speaking Gaelic or Irish mm-hmm. um, as an everyday language, um, which unfortunately has died out in some parts. But it's making a huge comeback. I mean, my, my children are all fluent Irish speakers. <coughs> I'm not, unfortunately, but I made sure that they would be uh, when they go down into, into Goudour, that area. But Hopefully they will, they will speak it on their own. But but you have your Tacupla Fockel, right? Sorry? Oh, yeah, I do. I do, surely. I mean, you, your greetings, uh, GMR Tati. <laughs> and your, your answer is Tommy Gumway, which means how are you doing? I'm fine. So you have a few choice words as well. Pogma home. That's all I've, that's that all I've got, yes. <laughs> I, I have that one, too. But, yes, that's that's all I've got. But you're you're right about the comeback. It's uh, It does seem to be gaining in popularity. Um, and, it is and gaining in popularity, basically from... So sort of what they call the, the Good Friday Agreement or the peace process that's, that's um, from 1998. So since then, the, the Gaelic or Irish language has, has leaps and bounds. Mm-hmm. There's thousands and thousands of children now learning it um, all over Ireland, and especially here within the six counties uh, and Derry, particularly because I love here. You do see the, the, the growth in the schools. Uh, they're getting bigger every year. Excellent. So the, the West Donegal is, is where the sort of heartland, that's, where I, for, I feel at home. Lovely. Um, that's where we've done our, our holiday in, in, in a place called um, Port Salon or Fanat Head, mm-hmm. up around there. So the, the scenery is stunning. That's all I can say. I mean, there's Poison Glen, <laughs> you've Mount Derrigal, you have um, Glenvay National Park, Glenvay Castle, mm, beautiful there, Glenvay yeah. uh, Mountains, Mountain Range. The Glenvay Mountain Range have a connection to the United States as well. A big one, believe it or not. <laughs> so that's a horror story. <laughs> so many stories in so little time. Oh no. Um, but that does lead me to um, kind of my wrap-up question that that I ask everyone who comes onto the podcast with me is: What are yeah. three places that you would recommend people visit when they come to Ireland? And they could be, you know, places that maybe um, are kind of off the beaten track, or you know, they could even be places that that are very well known but you just think you know should not be missed well there's quite, there's quite a few that everybody goes to right so i would be the type of person who will be looking to well where does nobody not nobody go to but where is the place because everybody can go oh cliffs of more oh, i've been there mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but i would rather go i've been to oh, i haven't i've never heard of so <laughs> that's the sort of thing i and that's the sort of west on the gold tour that takes you off the beaten track that's what I actually meant to say, and it takes you into the areas that you generally, especially if you're on a coach, 
There's mm-hmm. no chance of giving. Oh, right. You've been on Irish roads. You've been on Irish roads. <laughs> <laughs> and, and West Donegal has some of the worst roads in Ireland. I so don't know if that's really going to draw people there. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, there's, I mean, uh, if you get off the beaten track, I mean, where people generally don't go to, that's where mm-hmm. I go. Uh, right. That's where I prefer to take people to wee places that not everybody goes to. So mm-hmm. but, but probably the first one, and um, I don't know why, a lot of people don't go to these. Uh, is Sleeve League? Mm-hmm. And West Tommy, have you been? I haven't yet. I have not made it, but it's ha- so have, high have on my list to, to go. Have you been to the Cliffs of Moher? I have. Well, there you are. <laughs> now, these are something like three times higher mm-hmm. than the Cliffs of Moher. So the highest sea cliffs in Europe. And, and you can go up there. You could be on your own. Right. You know, it's, a, it's stunning. It's spectacular when you're there. And you could be standing there, and there's not a person for miles. And these are the cliffs that are, I think they're three times higher than the cliffs of Moher. They are, yes. So sleeve, sleeve leg cliffs is what they is what they call them. Mm-hmm. And they're down around, um, I think it's Glen Colin Kill. Now, when you're down around the Glen Colin Kill area, you've gone back to the 1840s. I mean, although you're driving through in a car, mm-hmm. this is what it would have looked like in the 1830s, 1840s. And you could you could stop the car and get out, and you can imagine yourself being way way back. Wow! So <laughs> it, it, it is that good. It <laughs> is that good. <laughs> Amazing. Um, does dairy count? No. Does dairy count? <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. The, the three we, places that I would be. We've in, talked uh, about dairy, so give me something. We talked about dairy. Give me something. Well, that's else. that's one you wouldn't must. But I'll, I'll not count it on the three. <laughs> um, the other one that I really enjoy going, and it's one of my sort of favourite spots outside of, of Derry, Donegal. That's generally where we would stay, mm-hmm. Derry, or sorry, Donegal, if we're going anywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, so one of the places outside of Donegal would be actually known as uh, Sligo, uh-huh. would be Ross's, Ross's Point. I mean, for me, I don't, I don't know what it is, the draw of Ross's Point, but I just sort of, you forget about everything, you just totally relax when you're out there. I've been there a few times, quite mm-hmm. a few times, and Sligo town itself, uh, and Ross's Point. I mean, it's not an it's not an area of standing beauty, but it's it's an area that I really enjoy going to, and it's very relaxing. And it's a, the history of of, of Yeats, the W. Mm-hmm. Yeats, uh, and that as well. That sort of gets me that I'm a type of person. I'm standing here, and W. B. Yeats stood here so yeah. many years ago. Mm-hmm. That gets me. <laughs> and, and of course, you've Ben Bolvin, you've Ben uh, the mountain Ben Bolvin mm-hmm. behind that as well, which is is, is spectacular to to, to behold. Uh, so that's number two. Uh, number three, I would go for, I mean, quite a few people have been there, but I just found it uh, something else, and that was a burn mm-hmm. um, in, in the west of Ireland. It's just, I think it's a magical place. Otherworldly. And that, it is, it is. There's something different about it. It's, some people are like, oh, it's a pile of rocks. <laughs> I, I, I've had people up in the Jan's Causeway. And mm-hmm. the guy asked me, well, where are we going the next? And I said, the, the Giants Causeway. And he says, oh, that's what a pile of rocks is. <laughs> that's just right. That's you're going to see, a pile of rocks. Yep. Um, but it is, there's something sort of different about mm-hmm. the burn. Mm-hmm. There's something sort of spiritual or not even spiritual, but sort of Gaelic, you know, that type of pre-Christian sort of feeling that I get when I go to some areas. And that's one of the places um, that I actually get it is the burn. Well, and it's it's one of those places that until relatively recently, it was just kind of a place you drove through between the Cliffs of Moher and Galway. Um, yeah. And, and overlooked. That area, that, that area, well, that area has been overlooked 
taking the too much politics by, by the Irish government for, for a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but basically, the west of Ireland, uh, right from, from sort of Derry, Donegal, right down, um, that's where most of the Gaeltacht areas right. uh, survive. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a couple of inner, but generally around the west. And that's a poor, uh, the poor farmland. There's right. really nothing particularly grows. Right. Uh, and that's where the native Irish were pushed to during what they call the plantation, especially the plantation of Ulster. Right. A lot of native Irish were pushed out to the wilds mm-hmm. of the west because it was poor farmland. The English didn't want it. Right. And that's the sort of areas, and it's been sort of mistreated ever since, mm-hmm. even when the, the British left the 26 counties. Even by the Irish government, that these areas right down have been sort of neglected and forgotten. And that was the problem. The Burren takes you from A to B, and that's the way a lot of people looked at it. Mm-hmm. But they would never have stopped on the Burren or asked a question about it. But it's, thankfully it's changing now that people have become more aware, yes. literally, of their surroundings. Yes. And the Burren is one of the places you, you, you've got to stop. You've got to stop and get out and feel, feel that. I don't know if everybody feels it, but I feel something different about it. There's something sort of spiritual. It's an amazing place. Uh, you're right. It is, definitely. Now, I'm going to say one place that I'm kind of surprised. You said West Donegal, but you didn't specifically mention the Inishowen Peninsula. And I know that you go there because you put up pictures <laughs> of the Inishowen Peninsula so often. So I'm kind of surprised you didn't mention it. Uh, I'm surprised myself, but <laughs> West Donegal is something that I really... I mean, I'm standing looking out the window at Inishowen going, how did I forget about you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually literally standing looking at it. I mean, Inishowen, it's the biggest peninsula uh, in Ireland, and that's where my family, ru- or my clan, I should say, ruled over. We, we, that was our territory, was the Inishowen Peninsula. Uh, I mean, Buncrana is the head of the old Doherty clan, and that's where mm-hmm. we live, that's where we come from, and mm-hmm. that's about 20 minutes uh, from here. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is, uh, Inishowen is, is something something different as well. If you're going right down, or right down, right up um, to the coast, mm-hmm. we can't go any further, so the most northern part of Ireland, the Umugda site, is in the south. Right. <laughs> and that's Malinhead. I mean, the, the, the scenery down there is something else. I was just sort of trying to get through my head where I go. <laughs> uh, it was West Donegal and Giants Causeway is the three people, yes. the three ones that you do. If I go down there, I've done quite a few in Inishown, uh, but generally it's West Donegal uh, and the Giants Causeway. But Inishown is something, something else. The roadways aren't the best, but as I say, when you're here, we we drive them okay. We use them, yeah. but the roadways aren't sort of, as you know, fantastic. You know, but in a show. Ah, uh, but they're a, a great is, adventure. Oh, I mean that's all. That's all part of it. <laughs> that's all part of the adventure. And if you go in the sleeve league and a coach, I'll get off at the bottom, and then you can drive up. Right. <laughs> exactly. Well, Glenn, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me today. You have Not so much information, and and it's just so. It's just wonderful to learn from you. You make everything just, I don't know, easy to digest, I suppose. Now, what is the easiest way for people to get in touch with you if they, you know, have have dairy on their itinerary or, you know, maybe Donegal? Um, is is the website the easiest way? Um, and then email or or is a phone call yeah, better? Yeah, website, email. You know, I have uh, quite a few email addresses, but the website, you know, there's a contact page. That comes straight to me. Okay. Um, so you can you can do it through there, but I mean if you're coming to here and you're going to Belfast and you're not coming to Derry, you've wasted your journey. That, that's <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. You've wasted your journey if you've come that far and you're not coming to the most historic city uh, in Ireland. But generally through the web pages is where you can get me my numbers on there, my emails, okay. or or the Derry Get a Tours email. 
Perfect. Easily find. Perfect. Well, Glenn, again, thank you so much. I so enjoyed talking to you. And the next time (laughs) we're up there, I'll be sure to give you a call so you can take us through uh, the western part of Donegal. It's someplace I've wanted to go and still haven't made it yet. (laughs) You don't know what you're missing? No, I do know. (laughs) I do know what I'm missing. That's why I need to get there. (laughs) I had a a short glimpse of it once, but uh, not not long enough. So obviously I need to return. (laughs) Okay. <laughs>